Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Thanks a lot for tuning into another episode of the How We Solve program. GQ here, and today I have with me Mike Karen, who is the Vice President of Sales and Strategic Alliances at Gladly. He transitioned into his current role after three years as the Vice President of Customer Success. Now, with a strong technical background and over 20 years of hands-on implementation experience at companies including Bontu, Simon Tech, Connectify, Kana, and Booz Allen Hamilton, Mike brings the right combination of leadership and experience to deliver a legendary customer experience. Mike, Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, GQ. Thanks for having me. appreciate the time today. Before going further into the problem that we're solving today, if you'd like to share a little bit more about yourself and Gladly. Yeah. So just as background, like you mentioned, sort of have been in the tech space for the better part of 25 years or so. Started out originally in consulting, learned about what software development and the overall software support process was, got me into more of a what was originally professional services or implementation services, which then transformed into customer success once the SaaS market just took off many, many years ago. I've been doing the work here at Gladly for about five and a half years, the first three of which were really thinking about customer success and how do we help our customers think differently about the customer service experience, which is the product that Gladly sells, and then have moved into more of a earlier stage conversations with early prospects to help them think differently about the service experience that they're trying to deliver to their consumers and doing that more in a sales and partnership role. And it's interesting because just before we started this session, we were just talking a little bit about the concept of personalization for customer experiences, right? So I think that's a good thing to start about. What's the problem that we're solving today? If I think about personalization, especially in the context of customer service, it's interesting. I think the topic And what Gladly is doing or what Gladly set out to do six plus years ago is very much aligned to that story or that idea. And that is Gladly is a customer service platform that is focused on the business to consumer market. And the entire goal, the entire intent of what we started and what we are continuing to work on today is how do we drive radically personal customer service for brands that deliver service to their direct consumers. So we're not talking about B2B. We're talking about consumer brands, whether it be retail or commerce or related brands who have a direct relationship with their consumers. And how do they personalize the level of service that they get such that that consumer feels valued, they feel known by the brand, they feel like they want to be loyal and reward that brand with more of their business because they're taking care of them and they're making them feel valued as a person. Whereas most customer service experiences that consumers experience and most customer service software platforms that brands use, it depersonalizes that experience because everything gets boiled down to a ticket or a case or some kind of workflow or a assembly line problem, if you will, where you're not thinking about how am I servicing the person you're thinking about where most agents with the systems that they have, they're assigned a bit of work. That work is encapsulated in a ticket. They've got to solve that issue and move on to the next one. It's very transactional, not very personal. 
That's interesting because I think the common challenge that a lot of brands face is how do I provide that, as you said, create such a great experience, but across multiple customers? Because I mean, let's say if you're dealing with bringing on the concept of tickets, right? So if you're dealing with, let's say, 10,000 tickets per day, a few hundred tickets per day. So the concept of like, yeah, I need to go through all those tickets as quickly as possible to make people happy, like the fastest response times possible. And so that would ideally create a better customer experience. But based on what you've shared, that's far more than just solving a ticket. It goes way deeper than that. It's especially true and especially challenging in this new model or this new world where consumers have at their disposal any number of channels that they want to use. Let's say, for example, they send an email in in the morning. And if that team is not necessarily sort of up on the backlog of the emails, the customer doesn't get an answer. They don't get a timely response. So they pick up the phone and they call, or maybe they go online and they chat. And while they're chatting, they're on queue or they're in queue on the phone call. So now all of a sudden, the customer has moved from one channel to two or three different channels. Those three different channels are all creating different tickets because the customer service platforms in the back end have this concept of omni-channel. But the reality is what they're doing is they're fragmenting the customer's experience across those different channels. So what is one customer's problem turns into three tickets or cases assigned to three different agents who have a very fragmented or siloed view of the customer and of all the other activity that the customer is having. And that ticket proliferation or that response of all those different tickets creates all sorts of inefficiencies because you now have three people working on an issue that one person could otherwise handle. And that is fundamentally, that's not the agent's fault. It's not the agent's fault that a phone call and an email and a chat session is being broken up into different tickets from the same person. But that's exactly what most customer service technology platforms do today because they have this concept of omni-channel or this desire to deliver omni-channel. And omni-channel for them is I provide all of the channels that a customer might want to use to engage our brand and service. But when those channels turn into fragmented or siloed tickets in cases that get routed to different parts of the organization or different teams, it depersonalizes the consumer experience and it really creates a whole lot of extra work on the back end for the agents to do the work. When in fact, if you brought all of the customer communications from the same consumer into one single view, regardless or independent of the channel that they're using, The overnight, if not immediate efficiency gains is the person who picks up the phone to talk to that customer sees the unanswered email that was right there. And they can say, oh, are you calling about this unanswered email? Let's take care of that problem right here. Problem solved. Certainly, efficiency happens. Your agents are much more productive. Imagine the consumer experience when they're greeted by name on the phone call that says, hey, GQ, I see that you sent in an email this morning about this return or about this damaged merchandise. If that's why you're calling, let's go ahead and take care of that right away. That's a completely different experience than saying, who are you? How can I help you? Tell me about your order. That's not a personalized experience. It's a very transactional experience. And that's really the problem that Gladly solves today. That's the ultimate goal. That's actually amazing. I'm seeing how different platforms have functioned before. Yeah, I think it would be really nice, like you said, to have like a historical view of like all the different, let's just say, touch points that a customer has had with the brand. So that, as you said, I as a customer, if I were to call in or text in or, or email today, I wouldn't have to repeat myself over and over again to three different people the same thing. So how does Gladly do it differently? It sounds like what you've shared is what Gladly is doing right now in terms of giving that single view. Yeah. 
So there's two things, and I think you're hitting on it on one of the core challenges that consumers have expressed frustration with, which is they have to repeat or retell their story every time they end up talking to a different agent or a different customer service specialist when they move from channel to channel, or frankly, even when they're within a channel. They call in, get a certain agent. When they call back in two hours later to follow up, they're going to get a different agent. And they have to oftentimes tell their story all over again, unless the person took some notes and, and took care of all that. What Gladly does is so if you take most customer service platforms, whether it be the likes of Zendesk or Salesforce or Oracle right now or Freshdesk or you name it, the customer service platforms that exist today are largely built on the same fundamental architecture, which is you have cases and tickets that are these units of work. And that unit of work gets routed to different teams based on the channels that they're associated with. So you have a phone call comes in, ticket gets created. An email comes in, ticket gets created. Chat session comes in, ticket gets created. Because that's how all of these customer service platforms were designed to do. They were architected and the overall concept was ticket was at the center and it would get routed. And you could associate it back to a person. But ultimately, what was driving the workflow was the channel interaction or the specific request that came in on a particular channel in a given ticket. If you were to sort of say, okay, what would you do differently if you wanted to make a direct consumer personalized experience? Maybe what you do, which is what Gladly has done, is you said, we're going to put the customer as the core unit of work, and we're going to route the customer record. And then independent of the channel, the phone call, the email, the chat session, the SMS text message, the Twitter DM, all of those channels that the consumer uses are first associated with who is the person who's reaching out? What do I know about that person? Lifetime value, royalty status, recent purchase amount, what is their overall propensity to buy on sale versus full price or whatever attributes you need to know about who that customer is. And then you route that customer to the next available agent who is available for the channel. But what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to route GQ as a person And the last email, the last two phone calls, the last two text messages are simply organized in chronological order in what we call a lifetime of conversation, which is you have all of that information. So imagine from a visual standpoint, your iMessage thread. Your iMessage thread is a back and forth dialogue between yourself and a friend or a colleague or a parent or what have you. The context of that dialogue, you can see back and forth, back and forth. And you can scroll up and scroll down to sort of like recall or remember the past conversation that you've been having with them. Apply that same design principle to emails, phone calls, chat sessions, text messaging, and social media. That lifetime of conversation is essentially the dialogue that you have between the brand and the consumer independent of the channel, but it's all oriented around the person, not around a case or a ticket. And that is a fundamentally different way to think about service which in the business-to-consumer market has never been solved this way before. And that's the problem that Gladly set out to solve. And you can't solve that kind of a problem the way consumers are now behaving by trying to retrofit a ticket or a case-based model because fundamentally it just doesn't operate that way. It doesn't work that way. You can try to create the UI to give it the impression that you have this timeline view But underlying all that, you have different routing rules for channels. You have different reporting metrics for different channels because you're kind of bolting everything together. Whereas Gladly started from the very beginning and said, if you could design a customer service platform around the business to consumer market and the things that were most fundamentally broken about the business to consumer service market was the 
lack of personalization, the lack of understanding or context as to the person you're talking to. If you could solve that problem differently, putting the customer at the center is a fundamentally different and radical way of thinking about it. But that has then allowed us to really think differently about the problem. And we're solving the problem in ways that nobody else in the market can solve. I love the fact that you talked about the customer lifetime value. You've talked about whether a customer is on a certain tier of your loyalty program in your business. What are some examples that you've seen where this form of hyper-personalization has been put to use? So, I mean, one of the use cases we've talked about is, okay, if I can see your entire history before I jump on that call with you, I understand, okay, you've touched base with my company over the phone and email, and now we're going to address that concern, right? So what other aspects out of that have you seen other brands do with that information at their fingertips? Right. So there's a couple of things. If you think about the two main things that Gladly tries to do, we've talked about one of them already, which is orient everything around the customer and bring all the channels of communication that that customer has ever had with your brand and bring it into one view from a timeline perspective. The other thing that Gladly does is we know from experience that the customer service organization without fail, if you ever walk into a contact center, anybody who's an agent who's ever been an agent, the number of tabs you have at the top of your screen in your browser to be able to go back and find the order management, the e-commerce, the loyalty, the you name it. There's five, six, eight, ten tabs open yep. usually on a customer service desktop, right? And what they're doing is they're trying to find and piece together the complete view of who this customer is and what they need to know about that customer to give them relevant contextual personalized service. But if you could bring all of that relevant information, their lifetime spend, their loyalty status, their loyalty points numbers, their recent purchases, or any number related things, or maybe even their buying preferences. And I'll get into the details around what you can do there too. If you can bring all that information into the customer record inside of a customer service platform, it does two things. First thing it does is it gives the agent an aggregated view across all those potential tabs that they would have otherwise had open of who this customer is and the value that that customer is bringing to the brand. Are they a first-time shopper? Are they a lifetime, long lifetime loyalty customer that has a $25,000 lifetime spend? That's one thing. It also says, okay, what's the recent purchase history? Many of our fashion brands will look at a distribution of spend across product categories, made-to-wear, dresses, handbags, shoes, accessories. If a customer service team knows that a particular customer has a high propensity to buy a certain product category, then oftentimes customer service interactions can turn into upsell and cross-sell opportunities because they know this customer likes to buy shoes. One of our customers, Tori Birch, very, very early days when using Gladly, there was an individual consumer who reached out and said, I bought a pair of shoes and I want to return those shoes. And under normal ticketing or case management systems, the agent would be like, okay, transactional issue, return the pair of shoes, credit the customer, move on to the next ticket. But what happened in Gladly was that the agent saw that this particular customer had a high lifetime value and a large percentage of that lifetime value was spent on shoes. And so rather than just process the return, they inquired and engaged the customer in a conversation. What did you like about the shoes? Was it the wrong size? Was it the wrong material, wrong color? Didn't fit well? In that dialogue, the customer service agent ended up selling two more pairs of shoes on top of the one that was returned. So it turned a return into an upsell, cross-sell, a revenue driver, 
And that revenue driver is a large part of what a lot of customer service teams in the direct-to-consumer market are trying to move into. They're trying to move away from purely cost center, and they're trying to turn into more of a revenue center. But the other thing I was going to share is that imagine there are two customers waiting to be helped. It's almost like you imagine your, your hotel check-in. You've got your VIP Hilton Honors Pass desk, and then you've got the main desk. Imagine that same concept. If you have three or four customers waiting to be helped, and one of those customers is a high-value, high-lifetime customer, and the other three are first-time shoppers or they're lower-value shoppers, in many ways, you want to make sure that your high-value customers are routed and assigned to your most tenured, seasoned reps from an agent standpoint to deliver the best possible service you can. Or maybe you have somebody who is a Spanish speaker as a consumer, and you have one agent that's available to help who speaks Spanish and three more who do not. But the person who speaks Spanish may not be the quote-unquote next agent in line to receive the next call. But you want to take information about who the customer is, attributes about the customer, lifetime value, loyalty status, maybe the language preference. All of those things are attributes about the customer that you want to be able to take into consideration when you're thinking about Who is the best agent to help that customer with this issue? And you also want to have that same concept on the agent side. So you're not just doing skills-based routing because skills-based routing doesn't take into consideration who the customer is. It just takes into consideration who do I have available to be able to help and what skills do they have to be able to help them. So the idea of being able to prioritize or to accelerate or move a group of customers that are looking to get help into specialized teams or specialized groups of people is radically different in terms of the ability to deliver personalized service. And that's something that gladly we call people match, which is you're matching a person, which is a consumer, and an agent, who's another person. And you're saying, which two people are best suited to sort of engage in this dialogue? Maybe there's a specialist who knows returns. Maybe there's a specialist who actually does a really good job in selling, more so than someone who does support. If someone has requested help with a buying experience, route that person over to that selling specialist team to make sure that they can close that deal. Those are just a number. There's probably half a dozen more examples I could share by the interest of time. Those are some big examples in different ways in which customer service teams are thinking about not just, like you said, this transactional bucket of issues trying to be routed to various teams. We're trying to think about what's the relationship you can build between the consumer and the brand such that that consumer walks away from that service experience thinking, this company cares about me as a consumer and as a loyal customer. I want to return and buy more and more from that brand in the future. It's like, for example, knowing when's my birthday. <laughs> it's kind of like sending out a gift card, for example, right? Like, right. If you got a birthday card from like a brand that you really support, like, you know, you purchase from a lot, they're like, yeah, hey, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I had read other examples of how some e-commerce stores are like shipping out special boxes on birthdays or attaching different things where they address you on a first name basis. And I mean, obviously, these are little touches that kind of put you at top of mind. And I like the concept, like you said, people matching, right? So if I'm coming in about returns, I match with the right person, language, skills, whatever inquiry that I might have. Now, if we talk about doing this at scale, right? So let's say today I have a team of maybe five agents and I'm servicing X number of customers at one time, but now Black Friday, Cyber Monday is here, or there's a sudden spike from an ad campaign that we've been running. How do you do your best to maintain that personalization, but suddenly at a larger scale? I think that's a great, great question. And 
What I think is really interesting, I've actually had this dialogue with many people about automation. We don't think about bots necessarily gladly as a, because the bot implies sort of a chatbot, and we actually think about it more like automation across channels, independent of channels. The same way we think about the way in which communication happens between a consumer and a brand is independent of channel. We also think the automation experience should also be independent of channel. You don't need a chatbot because what if that person calls in an IVR? What if that person wants to do SMS text messaging? What if they want to do Twitter DM? Shouldn't you be able to automate that experience the same way you automate your quote-unquote chat experience? So when I get into this dialogue or this discussion with folks, the way I think about it is this, and that is customers want to self-serve. They want to solve problems on the route. They want to solve it when they want to solve it. They want to solve it in the channel that they choose to solve it in. So if I, as a consumer, can go and find out the status of my order without having to talk to an agent, I'm going to do that. Or if I want to find out the shipping status for my shipping carrier, I click on the link and I track that down. I'm not calling FedEx or DHL to find out where my order is. I'm looking for the link that's in my email so I can go ahead and self-serve that. The other thing is like knowledge base and being able to implement or to be able to offer a self-service capability within a very coordinated chat experience or a self-service experience, what you want to be able to do is empower your customers to be able to solve as many problems as they can on their own, such that you take some significant portion of the otherwise inbound volume you would have seen, and you just immediately take care of that by providing proactive service or providing self-service for those customers. So the way to scale personalization is not to frankly, put a bot in place to automate and try to pretend like they're a person, because I don't think that works nearly as well as people would like to think it does. What you want to automate is you want to automate the things that a computer is really good at, store hours, store location, order status, other related things that computers or automated systems are really, really good at. And what you're basically doing is you're buying capacity on your team by freeing up those resources to not answer questions that an automated system can handle. And then with the remaining people you have left and the remaining customers that are coming in, you have that much more capacity on your customer service team to deliver that highly personalized service at scale because you've taken 30, 40, 50% of the otherwise inquiries that would have come in and you've removed those from hitting an agent's desk in the first place. You're basically saying self-serve, solve the problem on your own, provide the right knowledge, provide the right help center, provide the right self-service capability. And once you've done that, then you have the ability to make your team that much more effective at driving that experience. The other thing I was we talked about before, just to kind of circle back on that 10-tab agent experience in the past, think of the amount of time that it takes an agent to try to piece together, who am I talking to? What's their recent purchase history? What's their loyalty status? And what do I need to know about them as a consumer for me to be able to deliver great service? That could be 30 seconds. It could be 45 seconds. It could be a minute. If you've ever heard an agent say, oh, let me just check your file or let me check your information here. Let me make sure I get caught up on what you're doing here. That 60 seconds of time goes away when you can introduce all that information in one view and you make the first five to 10 seconds of that customer interaction personal. You greet that customer by name. You say, oh, I see that you bought this dress or this pair of shoes or I see that you have this outstanding email that hasn't been addressed, let's dive right in and solve that problem. And within five to 10 seconds, you've acknowledged the customer, made them feel valued as a person, 
and you're already solving their problem. So now all of a sudden, 60 seconds. And when you talk about 60 seconds, every single customer service interaction that happens across hundreds of agents, across 10,000s of calls a day, that adds up to be significant time savings, cost savings, efficiency gains. It's remarkable. I guess when people view it at a small scale, they're like, yeah, maybe it's okay for, for an agent to do that. But then, like you said, when you, you actually take that across your 5, 10, 20, 100 agents and how many interactions per day, that's a lot of time spent that could be spent on either helping more customers or doing something else that's of greater value. One of the most common questions that people always get is like, hey, where's my order, right? And as long as you can automate that, that saves you a tremendous amount of time that could be spent on delivering more personalized experiences. And you've mentioned how organizations or customer service teams are gradually moving towards, I'm not sure if viewpoint is the right way or kind of adopting the approach where they view customer service as a profit center or a revenue generator, right? So based on what you've seen, how can organizations drive more revenue through their contact center? This used to be, and this has been a theme for years, but in the last 18 months, this became an absolute necessity. If you think about The shift to e-commerce, the fact that for the better part of 2020, many, many retail stores weren't even accessible to consumers. So they had to take their shopping and they had to take their commerce business online. And what we found was that in many ways, the only person-to-person interaction that a consumer had with a brand last year was via customer service. There was no store associate to talk to. There was no manager to talk to. There was no storefront to walk into. And so the experience that a consumer had with a brand was entirely dependent upon the quality of the website or the e-commerce experience coupled with the service experience that they had. So if someone wanted to know, hey, how does this dress fit? Or what's the fabric like? Or what, is the, what are the care instructions on this couch? Can I see the couch or the fabric of this couch in person? In many ways, consumers didn't have an alternative other than to call customer service and customer support to do that. So remarkably, what many of our customers who were using Gladly did last year was they recruited store associates and sales associates that were on the floor and they brought them into the contact center, worked from home remotely, just like everybody else was doing. And they created virtual shopping assistants or stylists. And those resources became an extension of the customer service team, which then became an extension of the customer service team's ability to drive sales and revenue. Because what they were doing is they were putting specialized, well-trained, very effective sales personnel into a digital shopping service experience. And the results, what they saw was that this is working. We are actually able to convert and to sell and to drive revenue through the contact center more than they had ever done in the past. And so now what customer service teams are starting to do is as we're kind of now in this in-between zone, we're not quite fully back, but we're not quite fully in COVID shutdown. But what we're finding now is that customer service teams have retained some of that sales associate capacity, or what they've done is they've made a concerted effort to train their customer service teams to be effective at selling, more so than just simply being effective at solving problems. Now, customer service has to do both. But there's a different skill set, there's a different experience level in some ways for someone to be feeling really confident about solving a problem like a return or a damaged merchandise request or issue versus trying to sell somebody a $5,000 couch online. Some customer service agents didn't get into customer service because they like to sell, whereas others do. But being able to empower 
there's a great cook from one of our great clients over at Crate and Barrel. Her name is Kate. And she basically said, I want to create or I want to build a customer service team that is great at solving customer problems and resolving customer issues, but feels comfortable selling. And the way you feel comfortable selling in a customer service role is by giving that customer service agent the context of who is this person? What have they bought in the past? What is their propensity to buy certain product lines or product offerings that they have? And what has been the prior experience that other agents have had with that customer? If you provide that context to somebody versus it's an anonymous caller where you have no context as to does this person like to buy or not buy from the brand, completely changes the relationship and it completely changes the tone and the dynamic of the conversation you can have. And that, I think, just speaks volumes to how well organizations that fully embrace that contact center as a revenue driver could be. And and Great and Barrel's driving eight to ten million dollars of of sales per year alone on chat inside of their contact center, just because they're making it easy and it's familiar and it's something that the team is really, really excited and jazzed about doing. Are there any books or tools or resources that you recommend people check out as they dive deeper into understanding how they can replicate the success that you've seen? I would say that it may not be a specific something you go and you find on Amazon, you buy it, you read it. I think it's more of a concept, which is we're learning a ton. We do these online discussions or we do these customer forums that we call them. Okay. And what it is, is we bring together customers that are using Gladly or that are contemplating and thinking about using Gladly. And we bring prospective customers and actual customers together into these coordinated discussion sessions where we basically talk about what are the common themes we're starting to see in the CX space and how are people thinking about it? How are they thinking about just what we talked about, the revenue generation? How does one shift from a cost center to a revenue center? Or how does an organization think about the way in which they used to use these very traditional contact center legacy metrics, average handle time, average talk time, average SLA achievement. How do they use those metrics, but then add additional more customer-oriented or customer-centered metrics to think about how to do that? So I think dialogue or forum where you bring thought leadership and thought leaders together, where you can share ideas and you can allow for people to dialogue around There's something different going on. The customer service market and the consumer market is moving, it's evolving, it's changing. Consumers are always doing things differently. And if we've learned anything over the last 10 years, consumers move faster than most organizations can move from a tech standpoint. And then what they're doing is they're driving and they're challenging the old ways of doing things and the old ways of thinking about things. The resources that I look for are who's out there innovating in this CX space and where are they going to tell their story? Or how are they telling their story to others? And how do other people learn about folks that are doing that kind of work today? For me, I get so much value out of listening and hearing about how customers are thinking differently about service because it informs us as to how we can help our other customers adopt some similar practices there too. I would love to tell you that Gladly has all the answers or that I have all the answers to how CX should work. The reality is, Our customers, the companies that use our product or the customers and the companies that are like thinking differently about this, their real world experiences are so much more valuable in the grander dialogue and conversation that I look to them to learn as much as I can so that I can take that knowledge and then share it with others 
that are going through a similar journey. That's fantastic. And like you mentioned, I think learning it from people who are actually in the uh, trenches, so to speak, would be the best way to kind of do it. If someone wanted to pick your brains on certain topics around customer experience, what's a good way to get in touch with you? Yeah, if people want to sort of reach out, my email at Gladly is about as easy of an email to remember. So I'll probably offer that one up. It's simply Mike at Gladly.com. So it's about as straightforward as it gets. You can reach me there. And I also have a, a LinkedIn profile out there. So feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. It's Mike McCarran. My picture will look very similar to me. So you can kind of <laughs> find me there. So you can certainly reach out there as well. Those are probably the two best ways to get in touch with me. We have Debbie here that's talking about the Groove Life event. If you'd like to tell us a little bit about that, it says it's coming soon. Yeah. Part of what I was talking about, like these examples of these places where we're bringing thought leaders together. One of the things that we did over the last couple of months is we had six different customers of Gladly share their story as part of a experience where we would do a, a wine tasting plus a story where we would talk about what did they do and how did they learn and how did they sort of embrace and adopt Gladly and what are some of the results that they're starting to see. And we did a variety of those, which actually worked out quite well. And we have another one coming up here quite soon with Groove Life, where there's an upcoming event. If you go onto our website, you can see that. Go to gladly.com. You can see the lineup of the events that are coming. And we love to allow for customers who are interested and want to learn about how did another company think about changing and evolving their customer service strategy and how to gladly play a role in that. Those are all some things that we do quite a bit. And we're going to have five or six of those events this quarter as well. And we're just going to keep doing them because we know that there's a demand for that kind of insight where people are sharing real world experiences along the way. That's perfect. It was really great catching up with you. Great. Thanks, Jitu. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to share. And it was great to be able to tell a little bit about what we're doing at Gladly, but also just to talk about customer service in a larger scale. So thank you. Thank you. And for the rest of you, thanks a lot for tuning in. And if you have any questions, you know how to reach Mike, Mike at Gladly.com. Or feel free to look for Mike McCarran on LinkedIn. You recognize him and just hit him up. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Mike. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jitu. Appreciate it. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.